York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. What's up? What's up? It is New York Game Day here at 98.7 ESPN. The Giants and the Jets both back in action. This portion of New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bud Light for the fans on game day. Matthias Kiwanuka joins the show. We'll hear from Mike Tannenbaum. He joins the show at 10 a.m., so stay tuned for that. But Matthias and I are going to hold down the fort for the next two hours. Kiwi, what's up, man? Good morning. Not much. Good morning. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Just uh, spent the last hour talking all things fantasy. By the way, do you play... Do you play fantasy? No, nah, no, nah, I, have, I haven't really gotten into fantasy football. I, I did it for a little bit when I when I first uh, when it first came out or when I first retired, and I realized like I, I bet too much with my heart. I want to see guys win. I want to see guys be successful, and I, I put them in when I shouldn't. So, so I <laughs> I, uh, I stay away from it. <laughs> my I, really quick before we start diving into and 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 I do want to uh, I, I do want to uh, start the show talking about the Giants, um, David Deal. Played a lot of played when he when he was your teammate. Uh, David Deal played fantasy, mm-hmm. and uh, and I want to say if I remember correctly, uh, he was he was in a he was in the, the playoffs playoffs. Yeah, he was in the playoffs, and um, he was he had uh, wide receiver. You wide receiver. Why am I drawing a blank? Wide receiver from North Carolina, UNC. Played with you. Remember, he had that leg injury uh, where they had to like slice open his legs because the 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 pressure remember you know how many times i got hit in the head you're asking me <laughs> who give me your give me your star wide receivers uh hakeem nicks there you go thank you hakeem nicks he had hakeem look at that look we're, we're right here boo we're right here anyway so he had hakeem nicks on his fantasy roster eli manning throws an inner uh, throws a touchdown to hakeem nicks it gets him six points he wins his playoffs but the the pass was called back because of a holding call on him, uh, and he lost. And he lo- so David Deal <laughs> lost his fantasy football matchup. His own fault because of because of a, a because of a holding call on him. How about that? That's crazy. Hakeem's a good dude too. That's a great name to bring back up, man. That's one, right? one, of, my, one of my favorite teammates. I love playing with that guy. Very yeah, very solid was... individual, calm, soft spoken, just got his work done type guy. You know. Um, but yeah. he was he was great for us. But now Deal Deal does a lot. He's got his hands in a, in, a, in a lot of things. So there's no um, there's no surprise there that he was a, a fantasy guy. But that's a that's a funny story, right? So again, uh, it is New York Game Day. Phone lines are open eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. This hour we're going to spend talking about the Giants as they get ready to take on the Carolina Panthers. We'll hear from Jordan Renan coming your way and uh, and switched up the uh, the the rundown here this morning we'll have the locks of the week coming your way around 8:40 but with that being said uh, kiwi you know th- this is this is a this is a 1 in 5 giants team right and and just injuries galore uh, they they are they are an infirmary let's be honest you've been in a locker room like this before w- what's bring us inside that locker room you know how hard is it to get motivated you know your season's over Right. You're one in five. You, you know that you know that, you know, it's 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 a long shot. More than likely, you're not going to make it to the postseason. You've got a ton of guys injured. Where's your motivation coming from right now, Kiwi? As, as a player, you have to believe that you still have a chance 100 percent. Like you have to you have to go into um, each week preparing as though. You know, you still have an, an opportunity to win the Super Bowl and to be the best you can. Now, I will say, even when you are statistically eliminated from it, there becomes an issue of personal pride, you know, and everything that you put out there on film is going to reflect you as an individual. And that's going to affect you down the line, your career, you know, your paycheck specifically. So there shouldn't be and coaches would always say this. There shouldn't ever be a reason for coaches to have to motivate, you know, NFL players to, to go out there and play hard. You know, this is what you've dreamed of. This is what you've worked for your entire life. So when you go in there every week, even if you don't have a shot, you have a matchup against an individual as a defensive lineman. You have a matchup against an individual. You can go out there and get uh, three, four sacks and, and have a good game and, and put that attached to your record. You don't ever want to have bad ball attached to your record as an NFL player because that stuff will follow you throughout your career. It's, you know, it's got to be frustrating, um, especially, you know, for somebody like, 
um, Daniel Jones, who, let's be honest, this season, so much was, has been riding on this season for him to prove his worth and his weight in gold, considering where the Giants drafted him. In my book, he has proved it, okay? But I was on air last night. I had a few calls who called in. There's some Giants fans out there who still don't believe that, that Daniel Jones uh, should be the future at the quarterback position for this team. For me, Kiwi, that's the silver lining, right? That's the silver lining. And he has outperformed my expectation dealing with makeshift offensive line week in and week out. And you know, going up against offensive lines, you know consistency is so important when it comes to those five starters. And they have not had that at all this year, let alone, you know, oh, draft Kadarius Tony, bring in a Kenny Galladay. These guys haven't been these guys haven't been healthy. So Daniel Jones, what he's been able to do and how he's been able to produce with the lack of to me, speaks volumes. Thoughts on Daniel Jones this season? So early on, you know, I was saying that, you know, how could we evaluate him given the circumstances? You know, your your running back is hurt or your receivers, your tight end, like everybody seems to be getting hurt. And then the offensive line was completely in flux. And um, but the one thing we could say was he wasn't protecting the ball last year, right? So he was turning the ball over, he was fumbling and, and whatnot. He seems to have corrected that issue, and he still is playing and performing at a at a, a at a good level, in, in my opinion, also. So I understand what it means to play in New York, and here's what it is: you win the games or you didn't win the games. That's it. You know, there's no moral victories. You know, when you're walking down. Um, Fifth Avenue, like nobody cares. Nobody wants to know oh about the whole the whole situation. They want to know did we win? Are we going to are we going to go get the the championship at the end of this year? So it's just it's tougher. That's part that comes with playing in this in this New York City in this in this media market. Is there's there are very high expectations year after year, and for Daniel Jones, I think he's done a good job. Um, I think if we weren't on this big main center stage, it wouldn't not so much would be made about it, but he's got to continue to go out there and play and play well. And then the team has to get healthy and has to get better. You know, you're, we're dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah, but everybody is. So there has to be a way to overcome that, um, you know, going forward. Again, Matthias Kiwanuka, Anita Marks and you 800-919-3776. So, Again, and we're going to hear from Jordan Renan, but a number of injuries. We know for sure Galladay is out. Kadarius Tony's out. Not sure if John Ross is going to play. He's banged up. Could just be, and, and oh, by the way, Evan Ingram, that calf injury has reared its ugly head again. Could just be Shepard and Slayton. We'll see if Slayton is going to be active. I'm, I'm pretty confident that Shepard will be. Um, more injuries to the offensive line. Andrew Thomas is out now. Um, you've got a, a, a good Carolina defense especially that front seven um I know Shaq is not expected to play but let, let's talk about this offensive line and and how you feel the the Giants are going to be able to protect Daniel Jones not only that but you've got Saquon Barkley who's out Booker's going to have to carry that rock establish some type of even keel consistency on that offense how do, how do you think that uh, this Carolina Panthers defense is going to look against uh, the Giants today I mean, unfortunately, I, I believe that they're going to have a field day. You know, it's not it's not something I take pleasure in saying, but realistically, the the continuity of an offensive line, like you alluded to, is is very important. You know, you can't you just can't mix and match. You don't build an offensive line by by bringing in a star player and plopping them down and saying, okay, this is this is this is going to be the guy. The way that they play together. Um, dictates how the game goes and they just haven't had enough opportunities to to play w with the same guys the same group of guys every time Daniel lines up you know there's new faces you know there, or there's new numbers in front of them and that's that's got to be difficult you know that's got to be um, you know a point of emphasis you know for that offense is we've listen we've got to come together um, as a group right now during this part of the season, we have to look each other in the eye and say, okay, you know, we're going to stay extra even more. You know, we're going to we're going to put in even more time film wise. We're going to get out there and get more reps just because we need it. We need the practice. And that's that's what the offensive line has got to do. If there if there's going to be a chance, if there's going to be a way um, we got to get protection, we got to create some holes, some gaps so that, um, you know, we can get the ball run and uh, take some pressure off of Daniel. And let's let's talk about the Carolina offense with Sam Darnold you know Jekyll and Hyde what Sam Darnold's are we going to get today right like started the season off well really surprisingly so Carolina was doing well and then all of a sudden uh, you know the last two weeks 
uh, really hasn't performed what we saw for the previous four weeks prior to that. Um, he does have a, a lot of weapons to work with. Very interesting. Robbie Anderson has kind of fallen off by the wayside. I mean, it's all about DJ Moore. He gets a ton of targets. I'm really interested to see that DJ Moore, Dory Jackson matchup. Um, or actually, I, from what I understand, Bradbury. It's good. Bradbury is going to be on DJ Moore. So, what what are your what are your thoughts? What are your expectations for Dan for for Sam Darnold? today do you think this is the game against the Giants defense they're dealing with some injuries as well can kind of get back into having success offensively yeah well they lost a lot of production when they lost Christian McCaffrey right so they have not been the same offense since he went down and they've been struggling ever since and now you know we heard Matt Rule this week come out and say that they're gonna get back to running the ball and take Mm -hmm. some of the pressure off Sam and and basically you know stop him from you know turning the ball over and and whatnot um that, I mean, that's what it comes down to, you know, like they had built their identity around one thing, you know, running the ball and, you know, they were riding that horse and then he went down and they're being asked to, to completely change. Um, and that's, that's difficult, but unfortunately um, here in New York, you know, this has been um, a, a struggling season to say the least for, for giants. And now we have more injuries at the uh, signal caller, middle linebacker position. Um, so there, there's big opportunity here for him and for them to, to get those second and third chances, um, you know, converting third downs and moving the ball down the field. Um, so there's there's a strong possibility that um, Sam's going to look decent, if not really good, coming out of this game. You mentioned uh, Matt Rule. Keep it, people might not uh, remember this, and and you may have still been in. The, were you in the building when Matt Rule had a cup of coffee with with uh, with the Giants? <sighs> you know, honestly, I don't remember what year was that. I, I don't remember I don't remember the year, but he was hired by the Giants. He came in and he went to school with two of my 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 dear friends, uh, Sam and Jamie Brown, who by the way, old time, old school Giants fans would know their father, Ted Brown, one time voice of the Giants many years ago. So uh so um Jamie and, and Sam are dear friends of mine, and so they know Matt. So when Matt came to the Giants, um I, I, him and I became friendly and, um, and a huge fan of his, but then he got the job to go coach in college to get a head coaching job in college. So it was just, he was only with the giants for like a quick minute. That's why I call Mm -hmm. it a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. So anyway, very interesting. So Matt rule comes back here to New York. And, um, so, and, and as you said, he said, you know, they're going to have a big commitment to running the football, rushing the football with Hubbard, even though they, they don't have McCaffrey. Uh, thoughts on this Giants defense and how they can stop. He is a rookie. We've seen rookies have success. But your thoughts on this Giants defense, especially against the run? You know, it, it goes it, – it's real simple. You know, um, we got to tackle. You know, the the biggest issue that I have is is when you're watching the Giants football games, there's there's not um, that, uh, that second and third effort. Like, everybody's not flying to the ball. Like you can't – you can't rely on one man to, to go out there and, and make the tackle. There needs to be more of a, a concerted effort by the group to everybody. All right, let's, let's fly to the ball and let's do this as a group. I, I think, um, you know, coaching wise, Graham's done a good job. You can put people in position, you know, to make plays. Um, but as a, as a unit, there needs to be better tackling. There needs to be more aggression to the ball. New York game day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York game day. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, and joining us now is Jordan Renan, who, as we know, does a phenomenal job covering the Giants. So, Jordan, let's kick it off here first and foremost. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's week seven, right? Like, it's an infirmary for a lot of teams. But it just seems like each and every year the Giants get hit the hardest, the most, uh, you know, their key players, whatever the, whatever the case may be. But the latest that I'm hearing is Kadarius Toney is out because of an ankle. Galladay is out because of his knee. Uh, what else? What else can you tell us? This wide receiving core, as we know, uh, dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, so kind of fill us in. What's the latest? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see Galladay. You're not going to see Kadarius Tony. Obviously, big losses. Uh, you, you're likely going to see, I would expect to see Shepard, uh, probably Slayton, too. You're going to want to take a quick look at him this morning, you know, before the game. But uh, I kind of do expect those two to play. We'll see. Uh, but, look, no Saquon as well. The bottom line is the Giants are without Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Tony. Three huge pieces. Right, and then we go to the offensive line. We didn't mention that either, right? 
no Andrew Thomas. He went on IR earlier this week with a foot ankle injury. And, uh, you know, Shane Lemieux is out for the season. Nick Gates is out for the season. So that's three fifth-year offensive line right there. On top of the fact that they probably your three best weapons right now. So clearly this Giants offense is, uh, you know, limited to, to, a, to a degree. I mean, they certainly are not at full strength. This is, it's almost like we're back now, Anita, of what the offense was what two years ago, basically with Daniel Jones and a terrible offensive line and and, and uh, showing Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Evan Ingram. And you know what the result was? They were uh, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Jordan, I heard you say you know they're they're trying to get a, new, a win. Trying is, is was the operative word there when you first opened up. Like, give me a sense. Like, what what's yeah. going on in the building? In the building, like, what is it? What does it feel like? What's the emotion? What's the sense that you get when you're in there? You know, they try to present a calm, united front, and I think you know that's obviously what you, what you need to do in this this instance. But I think we're not. We were talking to Xavier McKinney the other day. Uh, you know, I asked him sort of. You guys keep saying you're calm, and and you know how, who's driving this? Like, how, how did you get there? And he's like, look, you know, we're frustrated, we're upset. You know, this that's what we show you publicly. Uh, you know, behind closed doors, they're upset. And trust me, I know Joe Judge. If you know anything about him, he is not going in there and patting them on the back. He's going in there and being brutally honest, probably to a degree that you know the players don't even like themselves because uh, he's a blunt individual. And, uh, you know, it, the, the reality is it hasn't been good. The product they put on the field has not been good. They got blown off the field last week. They, quite honestly, look like a JV against the Rams. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to stick to, okay, here's the process we have. Here's how we go about getting better and worrying about the little things rather than, looking at the big picture and worrying about how next week they play the Chiefs. By the way, I saw an opening line this week. The Chiefs are are projected to be 13-point favorites Mm -hmm. over the Giants next Monday night. So, uh, you know, and then they have Tampa Bay Monday night a few weeks later. So, like, it doesn't do them any good to be looking ahead at those things. They need to be worrying, and, and I think they've done a pretty good job at this, of what they need to do that day to get better and so they can be a better team moving forward. And you know what? The funny part is, I keep telling people, I expect this team, I know they're going to struggle, and it's going to be really bad, and then they're going to go, and they're going to end up winning games at the end of the year because the schedule is going to ease up. They're going to get healthier. Naturally, you would think they would get healthier. I'm just assuming at this point with their injury uh, luck, I'm not so sure, but you was, and, and they're going to end up being a better team later in the year. And uh, that, where that takes us, who knows, but I, I think that's kind of – where we're at with this team right now. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand, like, being blunt at this point is is more than necessary. I think it's, it's the only way to go. So I, I can definitely appreciate that. I played under Coughlin, and, and he was blunt no matter what. I mean, we could have had, you know, blowout victory, and he was still going to be blunt with you. And I think that that's the, that's the best way to go. Um, looking at where we are. Yeah, you know, coach, coaches always, always like to say it's never, never as good as it looks. It's never as bad as it looks, right? They like to. You know, hit you in the middle. There's good and bad of everything, right? There, there's a lot of truth to that, honestly. I mean, when you come out of yeah, the no, game, yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 you're right. On when you come out of the game, on whatever side of the ball you're on, like you, you may feel like you got beat up. Like, you know, man, we feel like we we're out there the whole time, or, or whatever. But when you go back and look at the plays, I used to hate it. But there is something too. Like, if you take these couple plays out of the game, especially if you're getting hit on big plays, like that, those are things that are correctable. Do you see things that are correctable out there, or do you think it's just you know time to start over? I I do think it's correctable on the defenses. Like, there's no reason for this defense to be playing at the level. That's the side. Look, when you look at the offense, you say, okay, you know they're they're limited. They're not. They weren't great last week. It's hard for you to see this offense and the pieces that were there. And say, okay, you want this offense should be a, a good dominant offense, scoring thirty points a game. Like that's not going to happen with the players that are on the field. That's being a realist, right? But I think when you look at this defense, look at the level they played at last year. Maybe, maybe they did max out last year, which I, I was a little concerned about coming into this year. That doesn't mean they should be terrible right now, though. These are correctable mistakes uh, on the back end. The coverages there last week when you watched that Rams tape, and I asked a lot of people about this, like. 
the the rub routes, the the crossing routes. Like the Giants weren't even in the same vicinity. Those are correctable things, and they shouldn't be you know seven yards away from the receiver when he's catching the ball. Uh, you know, and that's obviously how it turns into a big play. Like, so I think defensively, there is a lot of correctable things. I think they think, especially on that side of the ball, there's a lot of correctable things that that unit could be significantly better. And I do, by default, almost expect them to be better here as we move forward. Again, uh, Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.7 ESPN for New York Game Day. Uh, you know, Jordan, you, you, you mentioned, you know, there, there's so there's so many injuries that this team has experienced this season. Right, but when you look around the NFL, a lot of teams are dealing with a ton of injuries. I, I mean, look what happened with the with with the Cleveland Browns on Thursday night, right? Like they went in, they were in infirmary, you know. It, yeah. But yet, but yet, this is this is what this is this is the NFL. This is what happens. It's a violent sport. Dudes are going to get injured. Dudes aren't going to play. So what happens? Your depth is so important. And so, you know, I know this week there was so much talk about, you know, Joe Judge being on the hot seat. And I want to get your thoughts on mm-hmm. that. But, like, to me, like, this is more Gettleman. And, and this is more the front office in letting guys. And, and you know, I, I, I challenge Giants fans out there to go out and do your due diligence. Look at the players that the Giants have drafted in years past, especially a lot of guys in the second round that they've let go. And they've gone on to other teams, and they've done well. And they've had a lot of success on other teams. Like, I just don't think that it's been a smart decision-making process in regard to the homegrown players that were drafted by this organization that when it came time to, you know, ante up and negotiate contracts, they let them out the door. And they've gone on, so they've drafted well, but they didn't keep they didn't keep the homegrown product, and they've let them go on. Who are we talking to, about? Who are we talking they, about? Anita? Let's, let's I, put names to it. You're talking about what, Justin Pugh and uh, what? Who uh, else? Um, who else are we talking about at this point? Like, okay, Landon oh, hold Collins. On. Hold on I mean, one second. Now being moved to linebacker. Hold on. Uh, let me. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Justin. Justin Pugh. Devin Kennard. Right. Landon Collins. Um, B.J. Hill. JPP, okay. Hankins, Linval Joseph, yeah. Aquara. I, I mean, like, like the list goes on and on, right? Like, I, I could sit here. I, me, I, could now, sit- I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But here's, here's my rebuttal to that, right? And, I, and not, not even rebuttal. But I think, okay, those are quality players, right? You need the depth and you need the quality players. To me, it starts at the top. Where are the real high-level players on the Giants? Where are the, you know, who are the real difference makers? Kiwi was on a team where you had, you know, Michael Strahan, right? You had uh, Eli Manning. You had Toxico Burris. Like, you had Chris Snee, who was an all-pro. Where, I think one of the biggest problems here when we keep going over the roster is the inflation of their own players, right? Like, there's some good quality players, but... Name me the pro bowlers on this team, Anita. Forget all pros. Give me the pro bowlers. Like you have like Leonard Williams, who snuck one, one out of six years in his career. James Bradbury, who snuck one out of five in his career. Like they, they don't have those real high-end players. And you know where they're supposed to come from, especially when you're drafting in the top ten? And this is the biggest indictment on Dave Gettleman. You're drafting in the top ten pretty much every year. We're, everyone's going gaga over Andrew Thomas, who granted has played much better. Right, but he's like a mid-level offensive tackle right now. So that we're at the point where the mid-level offensive tackle, you know, left tackle is being celebrated because we're not even used to high-end players anymore. All pro-type players, dominant players. Every team needs those. You look on the Rams. Look, Aaron Donald. You you might not notice the, the numbers. You go look at the the sheer numbers. I saw five or six plays. He honestly, he was in the backfield so quickly, he almost interrupted a play-action uh, handoff. You know, a play that I was going to be a handoff, but a, a play action pass. Like, that's mm-hmm. how quickly he was in the backfield. Jalen Ramsey. The Giants don't have any player on their roster that you could even compare to those two guys. I mean, Cooper Cup right now is playing at a, a level way above those guys. Andrew Whitworth is a, a tackle who's even at this point of his career is better than Andrew Tom. Like, this is what we're talking about. I mean, these are high level players. Matthew Stafford. The Giants don't have a. We're, we're, we're praying that. They're praying that Daniel Jones becomes Matthew Stafford. So to me, that's what we're talking about because 
You're talking about Saquon Barkley, the number two overall pick. Daniel Jones, the number six overall pick. Um, Andrew Thomas, the number four overall pick. And we're still sitting here hoping, okay, maybe they're going to be high-end players. Maybe they're going to be good. We don't know yet. And that's not good. So, with, with, with that I, being said, I, and, and I, we're, I, we, you know, we're, we're, we're in agreement here. We're just, we're, you know, we're talking, you're talking top tier players. I'm talking, you know, uh, right. second, no, I'm absolutely. talking second, third round players. Problem. Yeah, personnel problem for sure. With that being said, let's, let's end on this note, and, and that is, you know, Joe Judge. You know, we st- I, I'm a true believer. You hire a head coach, you hire a new regime, you need to give that regime three years. I'm not sitting here that jo- saying Joe Judge needs to go. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is I'm not a fan of his style. Like, I-, I understand the tree you're from, okay? It's not a tree I necessarily would thrive under, but I understand the tree you're, th- you're from with Saban and, and Belichick. Oh, okay, I get that. But, like, the reason those guys developed into that type of coaching style is because they won ball games. Okay, Alabama, Mm -hmm. best college football team in the country. Bill Belichick for a long time, Patriots, the organization everyone wanted to align themselves and and try to emulate. Okay, that's not the case here. So I just like his coaching style really rubs me the wrong way. So I'm just I'm I'm curious, like, like, what what do you see the end game here? What what do you see for 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 Joe Judge in this organization? Jordan? See, see, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Personally, I like more aggressive approach. That's my general nature. Uh, but I will say this. And then the Giants have their last two coaches have each lasted two years, right? With Joe Judge, and I've had plenty of conversations with him, he is a smart guy. I'm telling you, he's very smart. He, he know, I, I believe his attention to detail is impressive. And, yeah, he's making mistakes. There's things that I would disagree with that I say he's probably should have done it differently. But you hire a 38-year-old head coach at the time. You have to understand that you're investing long-term in this. And you're investing in what he believes in, his principles, his beliefs, and his ability to get through to players. And I think that's one of his strengths, is his ability to uh, interact with all different people. And like I said before, he's blunt and honest. And so you know, guys are able to trust him. If he has a conversation with you, he's not going to sugarcoat it, and you're going to walk away understanding where he's coming from and why he's doing the things that he does. Now, for the Giants organization, to me, to want to pull the plug on it after two years, that's what bad organizations continually do. If you believe in him for what, you know, for what he stands for and his core beliefs and the way he goes about and does his business, you can't pull the plug after two years. Now, the complicated part is they went and they brought back Dave Gettleman last year. And now, so now you want, if you want to get rid of him, then you're not aligning him. Again, these are positions that bad organizations put themselves in. But to me, you already invested. This will be the second year in Joe Judge. You've got to see these things out at some point. You can't just keep pulling the plug after two years because you'll be doing this forever. And you'll be stuck, you know, 10, 12 years down the line, be on your fifth or sixth, fifth or sixth head coach. You'll be the, you know, the, the Browns before the Browns became, the, you know, a better team. You'll, you'll be one of these bad organizations, the Jaguars, that keep just running through people and never getting anywhere because you're not seeing it through. I mean, if we cut, if, if, if everyone in the NFL cut ties, I mean, you could go through a ton of good coaches, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick being two of them. You know, Belichick didn't have success early in Cleveland. If you're just willing to judge and say, two years, the results on the field weren't good, we're just going to move on, then... That's, to me, what bad organizations do. If you believe in what Joe Judge is all about and the way he works and operates and the system that he's put in place, then you, you move on with it. But, of course, it comes down to this at the same time. This season can't go completely yeah, spin out of control, spiral out of control. They're going to have to win some games. So, ultimately, that, that'll play a big part in it as well. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. These are... Anita's Locks of the Week. And we're not talking about her long blonde hair. All right, that's right. It is time for Locks of the Week. Heading into week seven. Kiwi, you ready? You ready for my locks, big guy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, First and foremost, all right, lock number one. I like the Raiders this week. All right. At home, only giving up three against the Eagles. The Eagles looked horrible last week. 
Um, this is a Raiders team that surprised me. I didn't pick them last week to win. I thought for sure all the stuff that went down with Gruden, they'd wave the white flag. You know, we're calling it quits. But, boy, they came out. They put on a show. Now they get to go back home to Las Vegas, host an Eagles team who has to travel across the country. And another thing is, you know, Derek Carr is secretly putting on a really executing a great season. A lot of folks might not be aware of this. He's the number one quarterback in the NFL in completion percentage of explosive passing plays, uh, passes 20 yards or more. A lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs is one of his wide receivers. But nonetheless, he's having a good season. The Raiders' defense, not so shabby. Um, I think this is going to be a competitive game. But I think when it comes down to it, I think the Raiders are going to end up on top, and I do believe that they're going to win by more by more than three. I also side side bet here. One of my favorite prop bets is Jalen Hurts over eight and a half rushing attempts. But nonetheless, um, Raiders minus three against the Eagles. Your thoughts on this matchup? I think that's a safe one. I think uh, with Philly um, minus Hurts, you know, there's a little bit of difficulty there. You're taking a big part of their offense away from them. I think with, with the Raiders, what I what I noticed is I thought they could have gone one of two ways. You know, after all the John Gruden things came out, we spoke about it a lot last week, which was, you know, I thought, you know, they could either, you know, go into tank and this could be their season and that was the story, or it could galvanize them. And obviously it brought them back together. Um, a lot of the stuff that came out of, you know, Las Vegas was that Versace is, is, is a player's coach. He's everybody's, you know, calming agent. You know, Jacob said that there was no anxiety on the sidelines, you know, which was um, obviously different for them. So I think, you know, they're, they, they've got a good thing going right now. And, and like you said, cars, you know, he's, he's on a roll and he's putting up big numbers. It's not just because they're playing a lot of primetime games. He actually is, you know, performing really, really well. Um, lock number two, and that is the Colts plus four against the 49ers. Now, same scenario. You know, you've got Carson Wentz, who's finally feeling healthy from those, the, the ankle injuries. And he is slowly but surely coming around and really executing well when not pressured. He's got a 70% completion percentage. He's averaging over 10 yards per completion. And the 49ers, their defense ranked 24th in pressure rate and 15th in sack rate. So I'm looking at game script here. Uh, Colts have a solid offensive line. I think Wentz gets some uh, some time in that pocket. I think he's going to be able to execute. Meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo, even though the 49ers are coming off of a bye week, Jimmy Garoppolo still dealing with a calf issue. He's expected to start. And even if he couldn't start and they wanted to go to Trey Lance, he hasn't been practicing because of a knee issue. So um, I, I really, really like the Colts in this spot, and I like them getting four. Now, if it was, you know, two and a half, that'd be different. But the fact that they're getting four, I like that line. I think the public money is going to be on the 49ers, considering it's Kyle Shanahan and they're coming off of a bye week, and Jimmy Garoppolo is expected back to start. But I'm on the Colts side plus four. What say you? Yeah, I mean, the Colts, is, they're interesting. You know, their losses come to some pretty good teams in the Ravens, the Titans, the Rams, and then the Seahawks with Russell. So, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're, they're not a, they're not as bad as their, their record would suggest. Um, it's, you know, the games in San Francisco, I know they're predicting a lot of rain, um, San Fran minus four. I think that would be the safer one. Uh, now, last but not least, here's my last lock of the week. And I'm playing a two team, six point teaser. I feel this is, I've saved my best for last. And I I know there's a few people out there going, Anita, come on, teaser bets. Those are for suckers. No, no, no. (laughs) I've been been hitting 80% of my two-team six-point teaser bets this season. 80% of my two-team six-point teaser bets this season. This is a sure winner. Patriots minus one, so I'm teasing them down to minus one. And the Green Bay Packers, I'm teasing them down to minus one and a half against the Washington football team. Kiwi, tell me, what is wrong with that Washington defense? Man, coming into the, I had the Washington team winning the NFC East this season because of their defense, and they are one of the worst in the NFL. Now they got to go up against Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. you got the one-two punch in the backfield, of course, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, they're hoping to get uh, Alexander back in their secondary and you've got a Washington team. Not only is their defense just god-awful, but they're, they're dealing with a lot of injuries across the board, right? Like wide receiver, running back, offensive line, on the defense. So I just I, I love the Green Bay Packers here. And, and to tease them down to one and a half, minus one and a half, I think is a no-brainer, along, of course, with the Patriots. And 
I know we've spent a lot of time already on the show talking about the Patriots and the Jets, and we know just how successful Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. So uh, I, I love this. This is probably my favorite of, of, of the weekend, this two-point teaser. I mean, granted, listen, there's not a lot to choose from. We've got a lot of games, a lot of teams that are on a bye, and the, 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 the board, the docket, the, is, the slate isn't anything exciting. But nonetheless, your thoughts on this teaser, Kiwi? I think, I think it's pretty good. I think you're, you're pretty on point with this one. Uh, the Patriots are not going to have a repeat of, of last week. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, might own another team this week coming up. I think when it, when it comes to Washington and their defense, you know, and, you know, we could talk about, you know, the Giants also. It's not just about assembling a group of guys. It's not just about putting together a group of, of names, you know, and, and people who have amassed stats and accolades and that kind of thing. Like, a team has to come together, especially, like, on the defensive side. So, for us, you know, losing a middle linebacker, that's a key position. It's an obvious one. But on every team, there's, there's a guy, you know. And, and I don't think you always know who it is unless you're inside the locker room. But when, when certain guys go down, they have a much bigger impact. And we might not be able to see it. We might not know that, hey, this safety on this team is, is, is a player coach out there. He's actually helping the linebackers, and he's helping these people. Da, 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 da. So I think, you know, you'd have to get in there and, and get a real good look and get a sense of it because they're not playing up to their potential, but they're, they're not playing up to their potential as a group. Whenever an entire group is struggling, that tells me, like, you know, there's something going on in that locker room. There's some, something missing. Somebody who they were counting on might not be there, might not be um, playing up to um, their expectations. Well, that's for sure. Um, so those are my three locks of the week, by the way. Okay, but there are some other plays out there that I really like. Um, you know, when you look when you look at the slate, there's a lot of really good teams playing some really awful teams. For example, the Rams going up against the Lions, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs going up against uh, the uh, the Tennessee Titans. And again, listen, Tennessee beat the Buffalo Bills. I get that, but uh, Tennessee's defense is just god awful. So. Uh, both those teams, Rams, team total over 33 and a half, I love. Kansas City, team total over 30 and a half, I love as well. So uh, so just a side note, th- those, are, those are two other bets that I'm playing. But again, just to recap, my three locks of the week, Raiders minus three against the Eagles, Colts plus four against the 49ers, and a two-team six-point teaser, teasing the Patriots down to minus one against the Jets, and the Green Bay Packers minus one and a half. Um, against the Washington football team. Uh, before we, uh, we sign off and uh, come back with our third hour, where, by the way, Mike Tannenbaum joins us, Kiwi, um, any thoughts on is, is there a play out there that tickles your fancy, my friend? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Tampa Bay minus – they opened at minus 10. Now they're minus 12 against Chicago. I think, you know, we're just so accustomed to watching Tom Brady go out there and, and do his thing that, you know, he's not getting as much attention right now as, as I think he deserves. He's been very consistent. He's putting up significant numbers, and I don't think Chicago's going to have an answer for him. Okay. Uh, you, listen, uh, you know, here here's and, – and I like that pick, and this is why. Uh, as we know, it's – really hard to run against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Their rush defense is one of the best in the NFL. Uh, their secondary obviously has have been having a lot of issues, but with the Chicago Bears, they're not passing the ball much. You know, when you look at, at, at passing right. attempts for Justin Fields, you know, he's not it, it, no more, no, 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 like no more than 20 passing attempts a game. You have to pass the ball. In order to beat the, the the Bucks, and so I think this is going to be a long, grueling day for Justin Fields against that Bucks uh, passing uh, that 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 Bucks passing game for sure. Because um, I'm sorry, the Bucks defense rushing game because um, it, I, I think he's they're just going to have to become one dimensional, and I think it's going to be really tough on him. So I, I like that play a lot. It's, it's All tough, right, but it's tricky, right? You're talking about a young guy, and you're trying to get him comfortable, and you're trying to get him to, to settle in. And, you know, at, at some point, you gotta, you're going to have to turn him loose and let him throw the ball down the field. Yeah, but Nagy's just not, you know, I, th- I, think, I think they're trying to, I think they're more so trying to protect him and limiting his turnovers and uh, trying to not let the mental aspect, of course, play into the, the equation. But we'll see what happens. But anyway, I, I do like that pick a lot, Kiwi. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, Mike Tannenbaum is going to join us uh, at 10 a.m. But right now joining us is Rich Samini, who covers the Jets, always does a phenomenal job. Rich, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. Um, first and foremost, obviously, you know, you've got a, a Jets team coming off of a bye. They've had two weeks to prepare to head up to Foxborough to take on Bill Belichick and his son. 
the masterminds who are going to concoct these exotic blitz packages to throw Zach Wilson off. Was two weeks enough, Rich? Is two weeks enough to prepare? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the important thing is that Zach saw the, uh, whatchamacallit, he saw this is his second look at, at the Patriots, so that'll help a lot. You know, you saw how overwhelmed he was the first time, and, uh, you know, I think the week off plus the second look will really, really help him. You talk, you talk about him looking confused and, and everything. Is there... Is there a lot to the mystique of the Patriots still, even without Tom Brady, or is it, you know, is it because of Belichick and and the schemes that he that he produces? What is it about the Patriots that is still, um, you know, confusing the the Jets? Well, that's a great question. The Jets have lost eleven in a row. They haven't beaten the Patriots, and I I did the math. It was like something over two thousand days, uh, which is ridiculous. So, uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, it's a new crew. It's not Tom Brady anymore. Uh, I think I think there was a mystique when it was Brady and, and Brewski and, you know, Ty Law and all those guys. But, I, you know, those guys are long gone. I think it's just a matter of that the Patriots are just a better team and they've been better coached over the last few years. That's why the Jets have lost 11 in a row. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You know, Rich, I had Mike Reese on with me earlier this week. And he said this is a really crucial game for the Patriots because this win or loss is going to dictate whether or not they're going to be buyers or sellers as we get closer to the trade deadline, which you never hear, right, Uh, when you talk about the New England Patriots. And they're coming off, obviously, a very disappointing loss to the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, a game that they very well could have won. Mac Jones put on a clinic uh, for a rookie to go up against a, a defense against the Dallas Cowboys that really has impressed a lot of us this season. So I just don't think this is a good spot right? I don't think this is a good spot, a good time to be taking on a Patriots team with so much riding on the line, correct? Well, you know, the one thing I, and I, I did pick the Patriots this morning, so I picked them 23-20, but let me throw this caveat in there. You know, the Jets are coming off a of bye week. I'm a big believer in the bye and its positive benefits. You know, the Jets get the, the week of rest, which they totally need. The Patriots defense, as you alluded to, Anita, you know, had a really tough game last week. They, I think they had 80-something plays against Dallas. So their defense might be a little fatigued, much like the Jets' defense was fatigued when they went to London and played Atlanta. But I think the Jets will – I think the week off, it gave them a chance to reflect a little bit. Uh, they're trying to figure out this first quarter – I don't even know what to call it. Funk is probably too kind a word. They can't score in the first quarter. So I think they'll, they'll try some new wrinkles there that will help them. And that, coupled with the rest, I think will help the Jets make this a, a very competitive game. But like I said, I did pick the Patriots. You mentioned that the, the Jets' defense was on the field for 80 snaps. I've, I've been out there for some of those games, and it is it is a beast. It is a dog, and it is tough for, for you to recover. Um, the, the Jets' defense is actually you know second in Renzo defense, and they have 11 and a half sacks. Is there, is there, is there something, a positive note that you can point to um, on either side of the ball, you know, for the Jets coming out of their bye, something that we can say, okay, let's let let's at least take a look at this. This is positive for the Jets going forward. Well, I think their pass protection has improved over the last few weeks. We saw it was a disaster in the first three games. I didn't think Zach Wilson was going to make it through the year, but you know that's improved. Uh, you alluded to the red zone defense; that's a positive. Like, but we we can't go this entire interview without mentioning C.J. Mosley's injury. Uh, he's listed as doubtful. And uh, I'd be shocked if he plays today. I think he's going to test his pregame. But he's got a hamstring injury uh, that occurred in the London game. So I don't think they're going to have C.J. Mosley today. So they're going to start a rookie, Jamie and uh, Sherwood, at middle linebacker. And that is uh, troublesome. Now, the Jets really like Sherwood, you know, his long-term future. But he's not, he, he played safety in college. This is his first game at middle linebacker. And he'll be the guy with the green dot on the helmet. He'll be relaying the signals in from the sideline this is an enormous challenge for a young player against a very you know complicated offense that he'll be facing so uh that's something to watch today defensively uh also from what i understand tevin coleman is going to be inactive what what can we and this might be for the fantasy football folks out there as well what can we expect from michael carter today and 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 the commitment i believe there should be a commitment to run the football to take the pressure off of zach wilson where he's going to have to pass 80 percent of the time 
Yeah, they need a greater commitment in the first quarter of games, I think. They, they tend to be a little too pass-happy in the first quarter of games. And, uh, yep, so that's something they have to, uh, to look at. I think Michael Carter is going to be, uh, you know, he could be their uh, feature back. You know, you mentioned Coleman. I think I do agree. I think he's very, uh, very dicey for today. He pulled a hamstring on Friday in practice. So I think you're going to see a lot of Mike. A lot of Michael Carter and a lot of uh, Ty Johnson today. And I think you'll see a greater commitment to the running game. You know, another thing Mike Reese told me when he was on was that the Patriots are going to be without their starting slot corner. So, again, fantasy football-wise, I'm expecting a big day from Jamison Crowder. Talk about this wide receiving core uh, and, and, and what you expect from them today. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, Anita, but the same thing happened in London against Atlanta. Atlanta was down to their third slot corner, and the Jets were not able to exploit it at all. And I thought that was something that they would really go after in that game. I thought Crowder was going to have a big game. He did not. And so, uh, you know, same situation today. Uh, You know, let's see if they can take advantage of it. I mean, these are the things Mike LaFleur, their offensive coordinator, has to – you know, they have to be mindful of that stuff going in a game because you can bet the Patriots and Belichick and Josh McDaniels, those guys are going to look at, go after every weakness that the Jets have. The Jets have to do the same with the Patriots. They have to try to feature Crowder in this game. So, um, Rich, before we let you go, any final thoughts, news? I know I do want to promote your uh, your podcast that's out there. Um, it, it's excellent, especially Jets fans. If you haven't tuned into it, you need to each and every week. Why don't you let Jets fans know where to find that and any final thoughts and, and also your, your score prediction. I, I know you, you actually gave it to us just a second ago, um, but any final thoughts yeah, I, before we let you go? Yeah, the flight deck is called, uh, the podcast is called flight deck. Check it out. And in that, and I'll just touch on it for a second. I have my seven suggestions on how to improve the first quarter offense. The Jets, as, as many Jet fans know, they have not scored a first-quarter mm-hmm. point in any of their five games. Anita, if they don't score today in the first quarter, they'll be the first team since the 2008 Detroit Lions to go six straight games without a first-quarter point. Now, we all know what happened to that Lions team. That was the 0-16 team. So I, I have seven suggestions on my podcast, uh, and one of them is, is what we just talked about, you know, feature the running game. I think they're too reliant on Corey Davis. They have to balance their passing attack. Um, those are, and I think if I were them, I would put Michael LaFleur in the coach's booth instead of on the field. I think he's too distracted on the field trying to coach the quarterback and trying to call plays. I would move him upstairs. We'll see if that happens today. Great stuff as always, Rich. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You got it. Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Kiwi, not only have the Jets not scored one point, not one, not even a field goal in the first quarter, but they have trailed 80% of their offensive snaps. They have trailed in a game. That that needs to turn around because you know, you know as a defensive player, you know, you know, when you get down on offense, it's just, it's, it's a different vibe. It's a different flow. You know, you're, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and your offense to feel like you need to put points on the board. It, it's just, you know, the, the game is, is just has a totally different feel to it when it's you're a, playing 80% of the time behind. It's a, complete, it's a completely different mm-hmm. um, mindset and a completely different feel. I mean, you come out of those games exhausted. You know, not only are you exhausted, but the, the opportunities to, you know, for guys to make plays just aren't there because teams aren't – they don't have to go down the field on you. You're not putting them in, in, those, in those situations. They feel comfortable, you know, just lining up and, and, and running the ball. And so it, it creates a long day. And I can I – can, um, and I can tell you from, you know, my perspective, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of, you know, you, you, first you want to, you want to be with them. You want to be with the offense and you want to big them up and you want to get after a certain period of time. It's like, come on guys. Like, yo, you're getting checks. Like, like we got to We got to get this together. Like you guys got to do your job. You got to do your part. And I wonder how much of that frustration is already set in on the defensive side for the ball of the jets. Yeah. I, again, I, I think the biggest story line here is how is Zach Wilson having two weeks to prepare going to rebound and respond to his first appearance against the Patriots. 57% completion percentage, Kiwi. Six yards per attempt and four interceptions. So I, I'm, this, this, this game really intrigues me specifically. I think it's, it's going to say a lot about, you know, his 
mindset or his you know his fortitude or his his ability to to overcome you know going back to a team that that you perform so poorly against you know, it it could go one way or the other you know you got to you got to you got to be able to stand up and and um, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and say, "Hey, I did this wrong, that wrong," and be honest with yourself and, and make those corrections. And, and if he did that, you know, and, and if he's he's got it, then then you know we'll see a better performance. But if not, it's going to be much of the same. And you know, Belichick is, is not going to not going to call the dogs off. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Without further ado, the man has arrived, and it is Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on New York Game Day. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. I'll tell you what. I am totally inspired by some of the tributes here to Colin Power, Powell and uh, some of his like very fundamental leadership principles. And then I was totally entertained this morning by Coach Leach and talking about candy last night. So I'm in a great state of mind. I've been inspired. I've been entertained and I'm, I'm ready to go. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Great, great stuff. Um, well, well, let's go. Let's kick it off. Uh, let's kick it off with the Jets. You know, Matthias and I were talking about it earlier. Um, you know, second go around for Zach Wilson. He's had two weeks to prepare, but he is going up to Foxborough to take on Bill Belichick and his son, who's the defensive coordinator, who knows what new little wrinkles that they have installed on this defense to try to um, confuse Zach Wilson. What, what's your take? What are your expectations for Zach and this Jets uh, offense against Bill Belichick in that defense today, Mike? You know, guys, I've been thinking about this a lot this week. I think this is a huge opportunity for Robert Sala. How about these statistics? Zach Wilson, so far this year, has only thrown the ball 25 times when the Jets are either tied or winning. He's two out two out of four when they're winning, eight of 21 when they're tied. And if we go back to that first game, I really felt like their offensive game plan allowed the Patriots to win because I work for Coach Belichick in Cleveland. I work for him in New York, and I promise you, for three days, and Matthias, as a former defense player, you could appreciate this. I promise you the word they talked about all week was disguise, 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 which is if Zach Wilson has to hold the ball and determine if it's man or zone after the snap, they're going to be in for another long game. And that means they may put the Jets may put somebody in motion, they'll have a corner trail them, and then play zone off of it. And what I would love to see Robert Sala do today is say, hey, you know what? We got a good defense. You know what? We're not going to lose the game on offense like we did the last time. And we're only going to throw the ball when we need to. And I want to see Mac Jones beat our defense. So I think this is a bigger step for Robert Sala and an opportunity for him to learn from his mistakes in as much as Zach Wilson. That was that was going to be one of my questions is when you have a quarterback who's struggling, young or old, is the the mindset to take things off of his plate or is it to to change things? Add, like where, how, do you, how do you approach it? If he's throwing four picks against one team – what do, what do you what's your adjustment when you go back in? Yeah, Matthias, that's a great question. And you know, look, Rex made you know he was not perfect, and we certainly give each other a hard time about when we were together at the Jets. But one of the things he did a great job of, he had this whole system for Mark Sanchez. It was red, yellow, and green, and it was this simple: like if we were behind, it was green, let it rip. If the game was tied, yellow, proceed with caution. But when we were in red, Matthias, Anita. He could only throw the ball if 100% of the time he knew it was going to be a completion. And if I was Robert Sala today, I would tell the offensive coaches 100% we are in red until I tell you differently, meaning you cannot turn the ball over on offense. I don't care what you call. You know, if you go back to the Thursday night game, Case Keenum, they go down in five plays, score a touchdown in 75, 75 yards in five plays, two minutes and 40 seconds. The ball was not thrown past the line of scrimmage. And that's the type of game they need to call. Now, at halftime, if they're down 31-7, all bets are off. But I was very disappointed in the game plan the first time they played. They let Zach Wilson drive the Ferrari with a learner's permit in the left lane. Like, you got a Toyota Corolla. You're going 55 miles an hour. There's a governor on the engine. And when you can go a couple miles without getting to a car accident, which I got two teenagers. I would be happy to discuss more off off the radio. Car insurance in Florida is very high, by the way. Um, I would just say that I thought it was a very disappointing game plan the first time they played New England, and I hope the Jet coaches adjust accordingly. Um, deep on the defensive side of the ball, Mac Jones and that offense really impressive against that Dallas Cowboys defense, especially the fact that 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 Mac Jones and them took them into overtime. And it wasn't an easy game for him. That offensive line did not protect him. He did not stay clean, was able to get up, brush himself off. 
and and perform well and you know it, it, it really it really was impressive but they lost in overtime so you know that they're coming in and and with a, with a little extra juice today your thoughts uh, and CJ Mosley, by the way, is, is out. We had Rich Samini on earlier. Um, he he, ta- he talked about that. Talk about this Jets defense and what they need to do against Mac Jones, who I'm sure is coming in uh, with his feathers fluffed after the performance we saw last week. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, Anita. Um, you know, Mac Jones made a throw in that game where it was a 75-yard touchdown. But you could almost say that, you know what, like, if the Cowboys' safety made a different play on the ball, like it should have been broken up or maybe even a pick, and that's taking nothing um, away from you know what he's doing well. But I will say that you know from a point scoring standpoint, you know New England's only twenty second in the league in points scored. So uh, again, my my whole like point on this is if I'm Robert Sala, like I'm going to make the Patriot offense go the long hard way against what has been a good defense for us, and that's the part that I just feel like they they. I, I think this Patriot offense is like very middle of the road. Like if you look at them statistically, yards per play, yards per game, they're they're average. And the Jet defense, to Coach Salah's credit, has done a nice job. And I think even without C.J. Mosley, it's still a pretty good matchup for them. And I, I like for example, when you're in top ten in sacks, third down, that's excellent. You know, they're second in red zone defense. There's a lot of good things they're doing, but that's why I would make Mac Jones. Make him make plays down the field, something that he's been somewhat inconsistent in. Here's, here's a little bit of a, a random question. So, Mac Jones throws an interception to Diggs, right? Next play, he goes right back at him. Um, there's a completion, and everybody's like, oh, he's, he's great because he, he had no fear, and, and he went. If you take that same situation, let's say it's Sam Darnold. He throws a pick, and he goes right back at the same uh, you know cover guy and throws another pick. Isn't that storyline completely different? Yeah, no, it's such a fair point. And that's the margins between winning and losing guys, right? You know, that's 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 the difference. But Josh McDaniels, like he's – and again, I have a lot of scar tissue of losing to Josh for a number of years. I, I think he does a great job. But I was not surprised that he went on a double move on the next play after the pick six to Diggs. But, again, it's still a bad decision, in my opinion, because you have a post-safety there. So Mac Jones got away with a mistake there, which is, you know, obviously great for him. Um, but – yeah, it's a totally fair point. You know, the outcome could have been so dramatically different. Uh, Mike, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Giants. Uh, unfortunately, more injuries on both sides, offense and defensive side of the ball. They're sitting at one in five seasons over pretty much. Now you've got Carolina coming into town. Sam Darnold, little Jekyll and Hyde, started the season pretty well. Uh, you know, hasn't haven't been too impressed in regard to his performance the last one or two games. Uh, but what what game script? How do you see this game playing out with the Giants and uh, in Carolina? Yeah, and Anita, you know, not that it's likely, but I was once on a team that was 2-5 and five and won the division. And I'm not sitting here saying the Giants are going to win the division, but I do think, you know, when the three of us are talking a month from now, we're going to be talking about some team guys that wasn't in it and now is for two reasons. One, seven teams make the playoffs, and two, it's a 17-game season. And again, I'm not saying, like, the Giants are going to have this Herculean turnaround, but I do believe in Joe Judge. Um, I think the injuries are really hard to evaluate him. And to answer your question, what I would be talking about if I was the Giants is it has to be protection first because uh, Carolina could really rush the passer. Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, and now you have Matt Pert out there. So if I'm Jason Garrett, on every play I'm thinking, like, how how can we hold up in protection? Because if we can't protect Daniel Jones, game over. And – that, to me, is the key of this game. Can they block that Carolina front? If they can, I agree with you, Anita. Like, Sam Darnold has been very up and down. And, again, likewise, going back to the New England game, like, if we're going to lose today as the New York Giants, let's not let Brian Burns or Hassan Reddick ruin the game against our backup tackle. Let's make sure that we lose because Sam Darnold has a great game. Guys, we've got some calls on 800-919-3776. Let's go to him. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, Anita, I had to call, and, and Mike, I don't know, I think Mike knows that I'm on hold, and he does that does this on purpose. I don't want to do red, yellow, and green. You know what I want to do? I want to do five. How about this? How about we throw that script or whatever the hell he's doing because it's not working, right? You go out there, you go five receiver wide, and just throw the ball. we got nothing to lose. we got a number two pick. 
you want to play conservative here and run the ball like you said? Forget that. Listen, he's so far to stop his being conservative. Let's see what he can do when he's not conservative. That's number one. Number two, we got two weeks, two weeks, right, of my guru of uh, uh, coach. Could they put something together at least so we don't get that uh, we could beat this team after 11 years? Can we do that? And why are we getting outplayed? I have a number two pick. They have a number 10. You're telling me how great this guy's doing last year. So here's my offer. Around the golf, just fantasy points. I'll take my man, Zach. You got your guy, and we'll see. What do you think, Anita? One round of golf. My fantasy points over yours for my quarter. What, the, what you, you, have, you have Zach Wilson? I have Mac Jones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. easy. Done. 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 All right, my team. Done, Artie. Uh, right. Done, Artie. Try to put the word in on spread offense, please. All right, okay. love you guys. All right, look, I, if I can answer, uh, I love the passion, but if we sat here before week two, the Sunday morning of week two, and I said to you guys that New England was going to be 3 of 12 on third down, only have 260 yards of total offense, and their quarterback was going to throw for 186 yards, you guys would say either the Jets won, it was a close game. Not that the Jets lost by 19 points. That's what happened. Mac Jones threw for 186 yards. They only completed three third downs in the entire game and threw and had a total of 260 yards of offense with their leading rusher only having 62 yards. That's because Zach Wilson turned it over four times. And I agree. Like, hopefully one day, yeah, they're five wide, second pick in the draft, and they're ripping it all over the park. We'd all love to see that. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's Tom Brady. That's fully formed adults. But the quarterback position is a developmental position. It doesn't happen overnight. And Coach Belichick, if he was part of this conversation, would tell us that oftentimes teams lose games before we ever have to win it. And what happened in game two, week two, is exemplary of that. So how do you, how do you stop the turnovers? How do you, how do you stop the – You don't put them in a position – Matthias, you just don't put them in a position to have them. Like, you run the ball. And, again, I don't take – I stay conservative on offense until I'm proven wrong that Mac Jones is tearing me up on the other side of the ball. That's what being a CEO is. That's what being a head coach is. You're reacting to what gives you the best chance to win this week. I don't think Coach Sala did that week two. He's a young coach, and let's hope that that changes today. Again, I think from a Jet perspective, if you're going to lose today, you'd rather lose by saying, wow, Mac Jones made a great third-down throw in the fourth quarter and we lost by one score instead of losing by 19 when the game's over at halftime because your quarterback, I mean, he was just way out of sorts. Like, that's not what we're looking for. Uh, you know, it, and, and I'm going to go back to when we heard Robert Salas say, right, he used I, – I didn't like that he used the word boring, right? But but in essence, Mike, you know, I, I, I think that's what he meant to say, right, was like, um, you know, let's let's – Let's win it, but but in a smart way. Let's 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 be more even keeled. Let's be more balanced. Uh, you know, let's not, as you said, throw the ball all over the schoolyard. That in in essence, when he, I just didn't like the fact that he used the word boring, right? But in in a sense, that's really what he's what he said, in what you're trying to communicate tonight. Yeah, it's called winning. You you could call it boring, <laughs> but wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't we rather have a boring win than an exciting loss? Yeah, but at the same and, and listen, I'm not I'm not defending anyone here, but I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate. Like, you know, the reason Jets fans got so excited about Zach Wilson is the comparison to Patrick Mahomes and, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, the big arm and the way that he can maneuver the the elbow and the play and, and the throws he can make that nobody can because of his his athleticism. So there was an expectation coming into this season because that was all the hype. Now, will he eventually get there? I hope so. That'd be great, right? Like, and, and, and what we've seen so far, the small sample size, you know, it, it looks promising. But I think, I think that's where the disconnect is, Mike, is, is, is what, what the sale was. You know, he was sold to the Jets fans as X, but we've only seen Y so far. But Anita, if we look at any of these first-round quarterbacks, from Trevor Lawrence to Justin Fields to Mac Jones, they they're all going to have inconsistencies. It's a different level of game. And, you know, Matthias had it too as a first-round pick out of BC. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, I saw it, you know, it just that's the position. And that's why, yeah, we think we got a great player for the next 10 years. But guess what? Aaron Rodgers sat for two years. 
He didn't play football for two years, and he learned. And that's what I'm saying. It's like driving a car. No one learns how to drive a car in the left-hand lane. And, yeah, we could be excited, but I think we'd much be, from a Jet perspective, let's get excited about winning. Like, it's about winning. And Robert Soller's done a good job with that defense. So play to your strengths. And I felt like their game plan didn't give them a chance to win when they played in Week 2. I'm, I hear I'm with you. you 100 on that one from a uh, from a defensive player standpoint. We I don't I don't need to see the ball go up in the air. I mean th- these are fans, right? They they pay their money. They want to see the ball that go up in the air and they want to they want to have some fun. But I, I'm with you. You know, like do what's do, put yourself in the best position to win the game. If that's boring football and we sit on the on the bench as defensive players for the majority of the game, hey, that's fine. That's that's a okay with us because we're trying to get that well win at the end of the day. So um, I'm with you there 100. Um, you know, and I and I and I like it. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.